I'm Dan Bardell and welcome to 1874, the podcast that will bring you the definitive word on Aston Villa Football Club every single week. I'm joined by the Athletics Aston Villa writer, Greg Evans. Hello, Greg. Hi, Dan. Week two. It's fun, this is, isn't it? Yeah, we've been allowed back for week two, so that's, that, that's always a positive. Now, you were actually sent a task by the Athletic, weren't you, and all the other writers, the club writers as well, to pick your Aston Villa team of the decade. Now... I'm going to say, I don't particularly envy that task because it, it feels like although the end to the decade was very, very good, it was a bit of a miserable decade for Aston Villa Football Club. It was a really depressing decade, wasn't it? It would be quite good when it ends, in all honesty. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah Villa are in a much better place now, OK, but there was, I think there was probably eight or nine seasons of, of disappointment, really, f- following on from Martin O'Neill's um, departure on the start of that 2010-11 season. So, yeah, it was quite a tough task asking me to, to, to pick a team of the decade because there weren't many, to be honest, players that I left out. Um, no, which is never a good start, is it, when picking you know, a team? If, if you look at some of the other the other clubs, they, you know, they, they must have been struggling to, to pitch them all together. But Villa was a difficult one. But we, we've we've put together our team that we think is the yeah. uh, the best 11. Um, I consulted yourself, didn't I, Dan, when, yeah. when, we, when we were picking. Uh, I also spoke to Dean Smith, the current manager, Steve Bruce, the former manager. Tim Sherwood, the former, former, former manager. Um, Is there anyone you didn't speak to? Uh, who didn't I speak the to? I, did, I, didn't, I didn't speak to Alex McLeish, actually. I couldn't get hold of Alex. But um, yeah, I spoke to a couple of former players, uh, a couple of current players, and we all agreed on this team. So let's hope that you agree on it, Villa fans, because we think this is the best 11. Well, you're saying that, actually. There's a couple of, I think I, I would challenge, but we'll, we'll get started. <laughs> I think goalkeeper, to be fair, it does half pick pick itself, but I've got a bit of a... Another one that I think might be in with a shout. You, you've gone for Brad Friedel. Yeah, I think Brad Friedel, with his incredible appearance record, broke all sorts of records, didn't he, in the Premier League with that just relentless run of appearances. And to do it at such an age as well, he's 40 years old. Yeah. Incredible, really. Um, the only other goalkeeper I would say that... Um, there are a couple of shouts. I, I know who you're going to pick because I know, I, I know you loved that season so much last year. But um, I would say Tom Heaton... Probably he's closing in on it now. If he has a, another a half a good season, then you know he will he will be um, deserved of it. But go on, I know you're going to say it. it's not that I think maybe he should be in there. It's just I'm more of a moments kind of guy. So just for that that playoff semi final, Jed Steyer, I just loved that stare he did with with Mason Holgate. And that moment almost makes me want makes me want to put him in that winning that penalty shot. I felt like. Jed Steer won that penalty shootout and played a big part in, in Villa getting promoted. I'm not I'm not saying he's a better goalkeeper than Friedel, that he should even go in ahead of Friedel, really, but he's just, as I say, I'm a moments guy. And that just that was one of my favourite moments of the decade. It was a brilliant moment, no denying that at all. And I've written so many times this season that Jed Steer was probably the most unlucky player yeah, to, to, to lose his place because he was brilliant at the end of last season. And if he wasn't recalled from Charlton, Villa might not have got promoted, you know. A valid call, Jed Steer, but I just think Brad Friedel for, for this team of the decade. Can he have a place on your bench? Jed. Yeah, uh, go on, yeah, have him as subkeeper. He's been on the I bench feel, on a feel, number I feel of times. sorry for Jed, he's on the bench too much. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, he won't mind being on your bench, I'm sure. Now, this next one, we definitely, definitely agree with. A player I, I absolutely love, actually got a pet named after him as well, for that, those that are interested. James Chester, Mr Consistent. What a signing. Yeah, brilliant signing. Spoke to Roberto Di Matteo on this one, who 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 signed him. Yeah, um, said that it was a no-brainer when they signed him, and, and and found out he was available. He just sets the standards at 
Bodymore Heath. He's a very hard-working, reliable, trustworthy guy and did that on match days for so long for Villa. Such a shame, honestly, it really is to see him struggling where he is now with, with his knee injury. Um, I just can't see a way back into the team for him, unfortunately. as you know, th- th- There is no sentiment in football, is there anymore, unfortunately? No. Um, and he's out of contract at the end of this season, so it might be his, it might be his last season at Villa. But let's not forget what he did for this club. He played through the pain when he was injured Villa had no centre-halves no alternatives and he played and put his career on the line for this club so fair play to him he also came in at a time when obviously the, the fan relationship the relationship between the fans and the players and the club was at an all-time low really wasn't it there'd been players the season before absolutely taking the mick James Chester was part of a new breed of player that came in for Villa and played for the badge in the championship that, that really wanted to do well for Aston Villa and get them up and just the, the type of person he is as well. He, he definitely deserves to be in any Villa team of the decade. I think so. Yeah, it just just a really good character, and the fact that he the fact that he dropped down from the Premier League as well shows that he was really hungry to help get Aston Villa back into the Premier League. It's and um, I think it was a nice fitting moment when Jack Grealish allowed him to hold one hand of the oh, cup yeah. and when that, when they won the playoffs. So. Yeah, he would definitely be in our back three. Yeah, I was going to say, you're, you're playing a back three, aren't you? you? We decided the Villa full-backs over the years were not great. There was not, not many to choose from at all, was there? So we, we went with the back three, but you've picked the next one. I disagree. You've gone Ron Vlaar, who you met recently. Yeah, met Ron Vlaar earlier this year. Um, really liked him as a player, actually, at Villa. Thought he, he thought just if he had a very solid, consistent defensive partner, Villa might have been OK. I think the games that he didn't play... Villa, Villa really struggled when he did play um, he sort of held the defence together and let's not forget how brilliant he was in Euro uh, sorry the World Cup 2014 was, was it yeah. yeah unofficially he was probably the player of the tournament but Messi went on Messi and Cuadrado I think were, were named uh, sorry not Cuadrado um, the other Colombian James Rodriguez it was the James yeah. <laughs> but yeah Rumble Ram, was brilliant and I feel he would be in my defensive three. Yeah, actually a really, really good player, Ron Vlaar. From your article in The Athletic, I almost got the, the feeling his standards were just too high compared to the rest of the people that were there at the time and inevitably Villa ended up suffering because because he left because of that by the sounds of it. Yeah, he just felt that the some of his teammates weren't up for it as much as he was. You know, he said something very very cutting actually. He said that when, when he left uh, Villa for international duty with Holland, that was where he really could enjoy his football and and find himself developing again. And when when I heard him say that, I just thought, wow, you know, that's that's a, it's a real shame that, yeah. that Villa was was that place before. But that's why they got relegated, wasn't it? Yeah. Now I I thought John Terry should have have this place. Is there a reason you didn't put John Terry in? Uh, I just think John Terry was there for one season at the back end of his career in the Championship. I thought he was. I thought he was solid and reliable, but I do believe Chester was better than him in that season. Um, nothing against Sean Terry. In my eyes, he, he is the best centre-half that's ever played in the Premier League. I think he was fantastic, but I just think that in this Villa team, he was only there for one season. Um, and Vlad did it for three seasons. Uh, Two, yeah, it was three, three seasons, seasons in the yeah. Premier League. Yeah, so I would question. I think there was only there's a few others that were only there for for one season in, in your lineup. But we'll, we'll carry on. Left centre back picks picks himself. Tyrone Mings. 
Yeah, anyone who's getting a call up to the England squad from the Villa backline deserves to be in there at, in this current era. He was he was brilliant last season. Uh, without him, Villa, Villa wouldn't have got promoted. He came in and just steadied the shit when Villa was leaking all sorts of goals. I think he's taken his form into the early games of this season. I think his form's dipped slightly. Just looked a little bit uncomfortable in the last game against Newcastle, but he, he will bounce back from that. And he, you know, he's still a very very solid defender. Yeah, player when he came in, I was thinking, right, we need a left back. Great. But he came in and played centre-back and it was literally like he'd been playing there his whole life. I called him the championship Van Dijk and like you're saying, in most games this season, I think he's carried that on. I think he's been absolutely brilliant and fair play to him for getting in the England squad. Now, right wing-back, I'm not sure if he 100% ever played right wing-back for Villa, but we've squeezed him in. He certainly played everywhere in his career. It's, it's that well-known utility man, James Milner. Yeah, uh, I remember specifically asking you about this one, Dan, because I was. Um, I'm glad you remember that because I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know whether to go with fullbacks, and and you advised me to go with the wingbacks. So. Oh yeah, I do remember that. So I, I, I will let you go into more detail about him, but I mean, my my thoughts on Milner were just that when he was at Villa, he wasn't this. What's the word? Just uh, a utility seven, man. Uti- yeah, yeah, I mean, he, he wasn't. He wasn't that just Mr. Reliable at Villa. He was Mr. Creative, wasn't he? He did oh. so much and, you know, he created so many goals and scored quite a few. And, yeah, I just thought he was a, he was quite a flash player then, but now yeah. he's just more very consistent and reliable. 2010, he was box-to-box central midfield in, in a 4-4-2. And then he went on went on to Man City and went went to being the utility man on the wing, coming on to see out games and stuff like that. And to be fair, actually, at, at Liverpool, he's gone back to the middle of the park. And although nowadays he, he's not box-to-box, He's made himself a mainstay in the side, and I think he got the most assists in the Champions League last season across across the whole tournament, which is an unbelievable achievement for someone of his age, James Milner. But yeah, he'll do a job for you at right wing back. He'll do a job in this team, won't he? And a, a very good player and a player, a Premier League legend. Essentially, the amount of games he's played and will play. I don't know whether he'll uh, I don't know whether he'll overtake Gareth Barry's appearance record, but he'll certainly come close. The other side, left wing back, Ashley Young. Yeah, had to put Ashley Young in. Uh, obviously. F- uh, swap between the right and and left wings at Villa from times and, and often played off the striker, didn't he? But great on the left wing, great at left wing back. He's played there for Man United now. He, he can defend, Carney. When he was at Villa, he didn't really see his defensive qualities, but he can defend. Yeah, um, reinvented himself. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, he's just got a mix of both. Really, he can he can create goals, but he can also defend. So he's the perfect left wing back for me. We've gone for three central midfielders. So I'll, I'll go for the most defensive one of the three. First, arguably captain of the side, I would say. I'd say he's probably going to be captain of this side. Stylian Petrov. Yeah, brilliant player in, in his time. We'll, we'll never forget that that lob at Derby, will we? But, no. uh, that, that, that wasn't in the decade, no, wasn't no, it? it wasn't, so no. We won't talk too much about that one. But um, no, a brilliant player, a captain and a leader. For obviously the biggest battle of his life, battling back from acute leukemia, must have been—you oh, just can't imagine, can you? You know, going through it must have been horrendous for him to go through that, to have his football career taken away from him, especially when he was, you know, such such a prominent player in the Premier League and such an important, talented player. Um, did so much for Aston Villa, really pulled them together at a time when. They were just starting to fade away, weren't they, as well, under Gerard Julio. I remember Gerard Julio actually saying that he was one of the players that he enjoyed playing, enjoyed managing at Aston Villa because he bought into the whole modern player and, and what you have to do to, to continually meet the demands. So football meant the world to Petrov, which is why we, we saw him trying to make a comeback and unfortunately just not quite been able to. 
No, that's one of the sour notes of the decade, actually, because I, I think Villa actually got that wrong. I, I've spent a bit of time with, with Stillian, and he's just a phenomenal human being and an, an absolute inspiration, and I, I can't speak highly enough of him, and I think everyone that's ever spent any time with him will say exactly the same thing. In front of him, Super John McGinn. Yeah, um, we've got a couple of current players in here, haven't we? But I, I mean, just... we've only pretty much had one good season across the whole decade, <laughs> so I think that was always going to happen. I think I've, I just had to put him in. I, I, I admit between it was between John McGinn and Fabian Delph. Um, now I consult with Jack Grealish on this one, and, oh, did you? and he didn't he he didn't know which one to say because he, he's he's token line whenever he asks about his best player he's played with he's always Fabian Delph but it's started changing recently and he, he, he says that he you know John McGinn is now at the stage as Fabian Delph so I just thought that McGinn because the best might still be to come okay he was great last year he started this year really well I just think he's taken his game onto a new level you know yeah. the fact the fact that he can can rat around in the midfield and 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 win the ball back in in dangerous areas for Villa. He, he's somebody Jose Mourinho would have loved, actually, at Chelsea because he liked that number ten who was quite destructive. Yeah. And, and John McGinn's turning into that player, isn't he? He's he's somebody who can play maybe number ten in the right formation, you know, in the right team, get goals like he's doing for Scotland, but then also win the ball back in really dangerous positions. So I just think he's a player that who's who's still young and will get better and. The fact that he won supporters' player of the year, players' player of the year in his first season at Villa shows how impressive he's been. Also scored in the, the playoff final that got us up, scored the winner. So I, oh, think I almost about, forgot. That. I think because of that, he, he probably has to be. And he, he's one of those players that since he's been in the Premier League, you can see that neutral fans are falling in love with him as well as Villa fans because he's a likable guy. Yeah, he's, he's a good fantasy football player as well. Isn't yeah, he? he's been in my team throughout throughout the whole <laughs> season. To be fair, alongside him as well, I mean, this guy again always going to be in the team. No brainer. Well, he's actually been with Villa the whole of the decade, but he's probably been in the team for half of it Jack Grealish yeah Jack, Jack's had some really standout moments over the years we'll never forget obviously the FA Cup semi-final against Liverpool he was brilliant that was a real standout moment of the decade and he's taken his game on to the next level With without Grealish I mean I seem to be saying this about a lot of players but without Grealish Villa definitely would not have been promoted last season no when he was out injured, Villa won two games out of 14. As soon as he came back, Villa went on this incredible record-breaking run. You know, we, Because so much, has, so much has happened over recent years, we actually don't look back on that record-breaking run too often, do we? No. But Grealish was a part of that. He scored quite a few goals. Um, some brilliant, brilliant goals. The one at Rotherham. Uh, the one I against, love that goal. It's a fantastic goal, isn't it? And, and the one against Derby. You know, just mixing up his, his qualities. Um and he's just the face of Aston Villa now, isn't he? He's the captain. Um, he's improving his game all the time. He's taken his form back into the Premier League this season. So it was a no-brainer. He had to be in there. And two strikers for our team. One of them ripping up the Premier League currently. Tammy Abraham ripped up in the Championship for Villa as well. One season, but what a season. Breaking the goal-scoring record that had been held for so long. Yeah, exactly that. that. That was one of the key reasons that I put him in, just purely because he was the first player to score 25 goals since, I think, 1981. I think Andy Gray was the last one to score that. So, you know, a fantastic fantastic achievement. OK, it's in the Championship, but he's still got to score the goals. And Tammy, has, Tammy Abraham has shown this season that he can do it at any level. I spoke with a couple of fans about this one, actually, because I, I wanted an outside, um, you know, a couple of other opinions. And, and there, were, there were a few different options uh, I think yourself, da, da, Dan. You said Darren Bent, didn't you? Potentially, he could kept be us in up there. one season. That was that was the thing. Julio signed him, and basically, without signing him that season, we would have gone down. 
Yeah, yeah, valid, very valid point, of course. And a couple of others said Gabby Agbon Lahore. The reason I didn't put Gabby in there was I just thought that his form deteriorated from probably the start of 2011. I thought his better years were earlier. And yeah. unfortunately, Gabby just wasn't quite the player he was under Martin O'Neill in, in the following years. So he, he didn't quite make it for me. I, f- I felt that Tammy Abraham needed to be there. He scored the goals at the really important time for Villa. Uh, if they didn't go up last season, who knows what would have happened and where they would be this season. So he had to be in there for me. Yeah, and alongside him, the big man, one of, one of my favourites of the decade, definitely, Christian Benteke. I don't think there's been a more satisfying sight over the years than just seeing Benteke get on the end of a cross he doesn't do it too much nowadays at Palace but at Villa he was unplayable oh he was fantastic look Christian Benteke could have gone to any club in the world when he was leaving Aston Villa he oh, could he have unbelievable uh, Tim, Tim Sherwood said that he was the best striker in Europe one of the best strikers in Europe at the time and he was the move to Liverpool killed him in a way wrong move it? It was the wrong move I remember there were there were plenty of other clubs interested in him but he actually fell in love with the Liverpool move he wanted to go there okay it didn't work out for him but the brilliant times that he produced for Aston Villa he kept him up that season didn't he that first season he was there his goals take them away Villa would have been relegated Um, scored some really important goals along the way in the cup run that got them to the FA Cup final yeah Um, remember him scoring against West Brom, the crucial game, uh, the crucial goal, the four-three. Yeah, yeah, just so cool from the spot as well. He scored a couple of winners against West Brom from the penalty spot, actually. Yeah, he did. Yeah, scored scored against quite a lot of teams. He was a a very very impressive striker. Um, and again, he had to be in there. He, in fact, he was the first name on the team sheet. Yeah, it's a shame to see him not quite hitting the heights nowadays. But hopefully, he'll come back to his best at some point. Now, last week we did a feature called the Villa Vault, where we remember a memorable moment in Villa's history, and we're going to keep it topical. This week, Greg, what's your best moment of the last decade covering Aston Villa? Okay, well, it's not particularly an uplifting moment, but I actually think this was the most important moment of the decade. Um, Aston Villa were heading towards administration under the failed leadership of Tony Shaw. Who knows what would have happened if just a few more hours had passed in, in that really dark and depressing time of July, June and July 2018. I'm going to say my moment of the decade was when Nassif Sawaris and Wes Edens agreed to take over Aston Villa. Now, it sounds like I'm looking back on too much doom and gloom, but honestly, we could have been talking about Aston Villa as a Bolton Wanderers right now. Oh yeah, we were in big trouble. Big, big trouble. I I really don't think people understand how how serious it was. It it was a case of Villa Villa simply couldn't pay the bills. There was no money coming from China. Tony Shaw, uh, his leadership had completely failed um, and the club was heading towards administration. But fortunately, they were saved by Nassif Sawaris and Wes Edens. um, And now Villa have got enthusiastic, engaged and energetic owners who want to take this club to the new level. They invested in the squad last season. Um, without their money, it, it would have been a real struggle. Um, and, and and they they played such a vital part getting Villa back into the Premier League. And look where they are now. They're back where they belong. So, yeah, um, probably not a, a sort of standout moment no. in terms of glory and everything, but for me, the most important moment of the decade. Yeah, and I think for, for most people's moments, you can't look past the, the playoff final, really. Unbelievable day out, unbelievable day. And considering what we'd had the year before with, with losing the playoff final, just to 12 months later, go full circle, win, go up with a with a regime that seems to know what they're doing and know what, what Villa are about and what Villa want. 
everything just changed, hasn't it? And what you say, I think, is, is, is a valid point with, with that takeover. The whole course of what was happening to Aston Villa changed on, on that day, so it is a momentous day in Aston Villa's history and I think one that everyone will, will remember for many years to come now. Thanks very much for listening to that episode of 1874, episode two. I think it's fair to say it would have been easier to pick a worse team of the decade, but we did our best. Do let us know on social media your thoughts. Is there anyone blatant that we've left out? Is there anyone that should be in there that we didn't pick? Don't forget to subscribe to read in-depth articles about Aston Villa, all the stories from Greg, plus a host of other top-name journalists. Head over to theathletic.co.uk for a 40% discount by using the promo code UKPOD. Thank you.